This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of Week 776, brought to you by DC Universe Online. The popular superhero MMO just released its new expansion, World of Flashpoint. Inspired by the events of DC's Flashpoint storyline, you can download and play it free today on PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. And Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy under promo code iFanboy.
Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick Week, episode 776. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hi. I just laughed at my own comment there. <laughs> Sorry. It's just for us, though. If you're at we home... We put jokes in after each other's names in the script, and... Some of them are inappropriate. Well, after yours, I wrote stunned silence, and I waited, and yeah. you didn't pause. So right. I was thrown off, and then I was like, what did I write for mine? Oh. <laughs> we are iFanboy, and everyone read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the one they like the best. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book. We'll talk about other books. There's a lot of books this week. It was a monster week of comics. Yeah. If we talked about all of the books we, we could have talked about, the show would be two hours long, and we don't have time for that. We, 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 talk- uh, we had to make cuts. Like yeah. I, I, there was real painful like, cuts. yeah, painful true cuts. True. If, if, if you're listening going, why aren't you talking about this book? It's because we just didn't have time. Uh, we wish we could talk about them all. We answer some of the listener mail sometimes and probably not this week. Also the patron pick. These are all the things we do on the show. It's fun. Spoiler warning. Here's your spoilers. This is a review show this week. Josh, you had the pick. The pick is Carmen number two, uh, from Guillaume March and image comics. And I'm just as surprised as you are. <laughs> um, so Carmen number one was the patron pick. We probably wouldn't have. Yeah, I, I I probably wouldn't have read it without that. So yeah, it was just um, Good for there you, was patrons. there were several books that I could have made pick of the week this week. It, yeah, yeah, oh sure, yeah, it was sure. it was there were a lot of books. I think we each had twenty six, twenty seven books, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy and. Yeah. It was a good week. I read a lot of books good. I liked. And and so when I'm going through like the the stuff to pick for this week, even what we're going to put in the show, I was like, this is really tough. We're going to have to leave out stuff that I would like to talk about. Um and and part of that was I I just thought, well, what what surprised me? What mm-hmm. gave me something I didn't expect? What gave me something that didn't feel like everything else that I've read before? You know, and and Carmen was that book this week. Um I mean, the the first and most obvious uh, thing about it is that it is, it is gorgeous. It is a, yes. a smorgasbord of comic book storytelling about a completely different type of story. And honestly, you know, the main character is this naked woman, basically, who's sort of floating around. And I, and I don't mean that to sound licentious because it's, it's not really the case. Um, not that it isn't, it's a sexy book. If I mean, like, which is also a thing that just doesn't happen in comic books a lot in that way. Like so much of comics, comics can be kind of prudish or, or like comics approach sex in a very adolescent way. Yes. And, and so to see a book that handles it differently, um, I I, I would not, I mean, she's an attractive woman, but I would say there's nothing, there's no sex in this book. It's not sexy. It's, uh, sad. She's dying. Sort of, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I agree with that fully. I think that there's definitely an element there, but it's European. It's got sort of a different take on things. And, but you're also dealing with character stuff. So basically the deal is that this woman has died. Did she kill herself? Well, I think she's dying. I don't know that the jury's really? she's died yet. I oh. don't, I don't, I think this is, I think, I mean, look, we're just, we're just interpreting what this yeah, book yeah. is about. We don't know yet. I mean, what we thought we knew in episode one is to turn on its head in this issue, which we'll talk about. But in the first issue, this woman, uh, cut her wrists because she, she well, the reasons why we, should, we the reasons why she cut her wrists are were wrong in terms of the first issue, what we thought they were. Right. Um, she's and death has come for her, and so she is. She's floating around naked in the city where she she lived as she is. I guess starting to make her journey, but um, 
in this issue, we find out a lot about her and why she cut herself. And then there's an interest, there's an interesting scene in the middle in which death takes somebody else. Yeah. Um, that the reason why I think, cause the reason why I don't think she's dead yet is because when she takes this guy from the plane, he goes right into the sea of people who are, who are going up to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he, he, he immediately true. jumps, drops from the plane into this, into this like school of fish mm-hmm. and they all, you know, where she is still sort of making her journey around the town. It's interesting that this version of death is very similar to the Neil Gaiman death, where mm-hmm. the cute girl shows up and has a little conversation with you. And and us, we viewers, get to see the irony of it. So the man in the plane is like, I like pork. Maybe I ate it too much. It's too bad about that guy, though. And it was like, it's you. You're the <laughs> one who had a coronary event. Um, so, yeah, she's not just floating around the city. She was sort of taught she could fly in she, this she's sort swimming. of state. She's swimming. Yeah, okay. So she's, she's moving all over the place. And... Um, because she was discovered in the bath naked, she doesn't have clothes on. And so part of the beginning is like, no one can, you know, no one can look at me like this. And she's covering herself up. And then there's a freedom that sort of happens when she realizes that. And I think that's, that's the first sort of metaphor that I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting is that she's dealing with. And I think this is where you get between the, whether it's sexy or not or whatever. And it's a lot of things all at once, you know, like it is very realistic and you kind of, you kind of like where she's kind of embarrassed and she's covering herself up and she realizes like nobody's looking at me. And then at one point she thinks somebody's looking at her. So there's all this stuff that has to do with worth and body issues and uh, stuff that's going on sort of in the background. I, I think it's not in your face, but when you're watching her react to things and like what should be important versus what is important or isn't like mm-hmm. she shouldn't be concerned. She's a wraith floating around, you know, who gives a shit if she's right. naked, but you know, it's so deeply ingrained in our psyches you know, how it, how it should be. And, you know, and the way that they're talking about it and just sort of seeing this girl be comfortable or not. And, and then finally she stops focusing on those things that don't matter. And and she starts to talk about what it is that really happened and what's going on. And I, I I just found it really compelling. I found it, Mm -hmm. you know, when we say something is European or actually really any sort of foreign comic, I've seen this with South American comics as well. It's not that that the the points of views of the characters are so different from us. I think that, I think humans are humans, and comics are really good at relating that with the translation. Um, but there is a visual style. There's just a little bit of difference uh, approach mm-hmm. to thing that we don't that you know isn't sort of the the thing that we see in mainstream American comics. And, and it's not like Yo March isn't someone who does right. a ton of he does a ton of American comics. He right. does. I think he's doing Joker right the Joker book right now. Yeah. So it's not like he brings that. But he's this not, is he's not like her gay, you know. Yeah, Persia. this this is another kind of thing. I think this is a little like it felt a little like um day tripper. I think. Yes, for sure. It's, uh, it's got you know, that vibe to it. Yeah, and I think, you know, there there's just something about that that I mean, I, I find the time like I am I'm searching for meaning, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just like is the artist trying to communicate something here or is it just what it is? Am I trying to pull something out of it that isn't there? And I, I like that. I'd like that there's seeming depth to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, this, the pages are, are gorgeous. You it's know, really like it's, it's actually, it's a really, we talk about storytelling a lot. It's a very, um, strong bit of storytelling as well, but again, in a different style because they're not telling the same kind of story where there's like action and a meeting and whatever it's storytelling sort of about, emotions and feelings and and uh it really you know like also just real 
regular life stuff. You know, that's at the same mm-hmm. time. But also we, we've talked about um, sort of a lack of slice of life books. Um, and this has a lot of that in it, even though there is a supernatural element to an extent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, death is death, yeah. is death, you know. Right. I mean, uh, what, what, what we perceive at the moment of death is, I guess, could be called supernatural. Yeah, um, well, you know, the floating around ghost afterwards, I think. But yeah. either way, like, it's still rooted in a, a, a human story. And the human is interesting. You know, and, and the other people who are in it are interesting. This relationship that she has with this guy, you know, that she's known. Well, I want to talk about that because that, I think, is the most interesting part of this issue. Um, with the last issue we talked about, we thought she had killed herself because this guy that she grew up with, who she's in love with, um, was cheating on her with a roommate. And that's actually not the case. The case is that the guy she grew up with is in love with has a girlfriend and was cheating on her with the roommate. And she... Uh, the the protagonist and we met her in the beginning we met yes, the, it, the girlfriend in the beginning and then she was awful so the girl the protagonist whose name i don't know um is upset that she didn't he didn't pick her mm-hmm. because she's been in love with him since they were kids and so she he chose the roommate and so she's distraught and that's why she that's why she cuts her wrists and then so two things that happened that were interesting one was that as she was talking about it the blood started coming out of the bandages which i thought was yeah that was a really a great visual um, disturbing touch, and then then she tries to kill herself again as a already dying person, mm-hmm. which was I thought really powerful. I, th- th- I mean that that I liked the bit in the middle with the with the guy that the reveal was nice, and it was a nice moment to get to show you what's happening elsewhere. But then I thought the ending, the, the last scene, which is the scene where we learn everything, yeah. was really really strong. The sort of blood showing up and that color and the, the change of her mood I thought was really great. I, I do want to mention also really quickly, uh, again, as I'm flipping through this now, the storytelling in this is, is, is stunning. Like it is all over the place. Those pages that you were just talking about, uh, where she's standing on top of that, whatever that weird geometric shape is that, that sculpture, it's just words, actually it's letters. Um, you know, and as we, we look, oh, there's a different one. It's sort of shaped like stairs, but I mean, these panels are, like these are these are like David Aja, but pretty. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what's going on there, and and like the facial acting and the, I mean his, uh, his uh, his anatomy on this girl's amazing. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's so good. Um, and then uh, sorry, we talked about before. She has a very realistic body. She yeah. has folds, and she has a bit of a round belly, but she's still very Shrek. She's not a supermodel body. She's a real person's body, and as it makes we, her uh, so, more relatable. Uh, you've got this huge overhead shot of a plane with its wheels down and yeah. you see in the background, the mountains and the city. I don't remember where they are here. Is it South America? Something. I don't remember. Whatever. Maybe it's Spain. I think it's Spain. Anyway, uh, it's a gorgeous he, sort of overhead Spain, shot. So and then, um, we see death talking to the guy. And then when we cut to the wider shot, it's done like with a wide angle lens, like everything yeah. is distorted and has this big depth of field and, you know, He's the guy's looking out the window, or his his spirit, or whatever, and and death is checking checking her texts. Right. It's just it's a lot of things going on at once. You know, the page with all the bodies falling out of it is there's just no expense spared on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the coloring is really beautiful. Um, I kind of didn't realize like she's blue the whole time, but you kind of forget about it, and it's a really nice contrast with the reddishness of her hair, and you know, it's just a really rich world. And it's it's kind of sort of poetic and, and beautiful and floating, 
Um, his lines are amazing. It's just, I, I, I was just blown away. I, I didn't really know what to think so much of the first one other than it was really good, but I, I found myself really captivated by the second issue. And so when I was looking at everything, you know, and, and we'll talk about some of the other ones that, that, that had a shot here and, and it was kind of close, you know, I thought, well, this is really the thing that made me the happiest. This is the one mm-hmm. that, that next time an issue comes out, I'm going to be excited about. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked the first issue. We talked about the first issue. We liked it. I thought this issue was terrific. I, I really, this is really, really good. Who do you think texts with Dex with Death? I assume that's like we got we got one up on Fourth Street. She's like, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> but it's not like it's not like a person on the other end. It's just like a system. So it's not like did you see Falcon and Winter Soldier yet? Yeah, no, no, not yet. I've been busy taking bodies. Although she's she's ready to hang out with the girl. Yeah, so she's ready to party. She seems like a good friend to have. This death. Yeah. She's like a cool chick. Yeah. So I, 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 when when your email came through, I was not surprised. Yeah. Well, that's good. So it was a very good issue. But you're right. This was a this was a week where you had a ton of options. Yeah. Which is a whole different problem than when you have no options. It's and a, I think it's a better problem. It's a much better problem because <laughs> you at least get a chance to talk about those other things and and sort of be like, well, you know, this was great too. Um, Rorschach number seven came out and I'm not going to tell you that it was my favorite issue, but I could have made it pick of the week just based on the fact that it was about Frank Miller turning into Rorschach. (laughs) (laughs) And if you haven't read it, let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. And all of the myriad possibilities of what that conjures for you. So apparently this is based on a story that Frank Miller told Tom King about going to a seance with a bunch of old comic creators. When Auto he was binder. Young, young creator. So this is the, 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 the underlying story here is based on something that actually happened. Um, but the part where then Frank Wheeler starts dressing like Rorschach and talking like Rorschach, I don't believe has happened, but who knows, you know? I, I don't know. I've, I have not read a book that I have done so much flipping back and forth in. To sort of like, cause, and I don't think I'm, this isn't to say, I think it was badly done. I think it was so subtly done that I kept looking back to be like, wait, 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 where are we? What's the clue here? And then I go back, I downloaded the last issue so I could see where we left off at the end of that. Because at the end of that one, the investigator guy is knocking on a door and I was like, wait, so is this his door? And then I'm reading the book and it didn't occur to me that that was Frank Miller until at one point, a couple of pages in, he's like, well, when I came from Vermont, I was like, wait, Is that Frank Miller? <laughs> and then and then so I go back and I'm like, wait, the guy who answered the door is Rorschach though. And so you're switching back and forth. I kept going back and, and there were no storytelling problems. I, I want to be clear about that. But I just wanted to see the breadcrumbs as they were laid out and understand it. And it was the weirdest fucking thing. So it either way, awesome. when Rorschach's over, awesome. when Rorschach's over, I'm having Tom back on Talksplode. Uh because yeah. this needs to be this needs to be worked out. So one thing I really like about this book, and also it was also dealt with in the TV series, was the the fallout, the the psychic trauma from the end of the original Watchmen story. You know how how this fake in, alien invasion really affected people, because that was a, that was a, obviously a big plot point in the show. And here, you know, it's it, it, the the idea that the squids are coming back is you know permeates through this this group. And that was I like that bit because it was that that would be pretty traumatic if if the giant octopus invaded. Then you get into the weirdness of you know this tape and hearing secret messages in the tape, and the tape says to kill Turley, which was the inciting incident of this series. So um, that's that's weird. 
Frank Miller walking around dressed as Warshak. By the by the way, by himself in his house. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, and he was all dressed. He didn't know the guy was coming. Unless like he has the the suit and the mask ready to go by the door and he was like, Hold on. And he had to get get ready. Other, because that's otherwise, the only was, way that he'll see other people. <laughs> otherwise he was just hanging out in his house dressed as Rorschach. I and I kept going back to the fact like all right, so th- it, also they say in this that Frank Miller didn't do the Dark Knight, he did the Dark Fife, because in this world, pirates are the thing and not superheroes. So that's, that's right. just a little thing that happens. It's not like, it's not like <laughs> saying 555 for a phone number. There's a reason that it's not Dark Knight. Um, but if you think about it, you know, the Watchmen, 1986, you know, that and Dark Knight are the two. You know, the, the game changers, the, it's like the Beatles of comic books. That was the year of the right. Beatles and Stones. And it's interesting to have him in this story get transformed yes. by that. And and I don't I don't know what or if it means anything, but it's a it's an interesting juxtap- juxtaposition because he's known for basically doing the same thing at the same time in concert with Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, and he is now the character. I also really like the idea that like Rorschach, and this happened in the show as well. I think he's using it has become like this concept. It's yeah. like a, it's almost like a Q kind of thing. He's, yeah, for sure. He's, he's the martyr of the story. Yeah. And he, for a certain type of person, he would definitely become the uh, the totem. Yeah. But but for us, yeah. because we got to know, you know, Kovach so well in the original series, like, he's become a legend. But we're like, well, we saw what the, what the person was. We saw how sort of broken and sad he was and, and how he ended. Right. And they don't, nobody knows any of that. Right. Really? Only we do. Only we know the truth, Josh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you just do your research, the facts are all <laughs> It's there. all right there. It's all yeah. right there. Um, and and the, the Fornes art is incredible. I mean, you know, likenesses <laughs> can be wonky. He gets, he gets Frank Miller a couple of times really right, and the rest of the time it's sort of a generic old man face. But um, that When he opens the door, though, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> well, in, in, the, in the beginning, when it's young Frank Miller, I mean, this would have been like early 70s i think yeah is what he said you know like it's not entirely clear who you're looking at because we don't know yeah, what he looks like then because we weren't around but well, we've seen photos of yeah. him but not that you know, early it, i don't think i haven't it doesn't really matter um no. it's just that there's a very deliberate pace to this story and i think yes. Fornes's art works real the art he's using here works really well it's mm-hmm. a very deliberate you know panel layouts the shots you know we often complain about and they're not boring at all. This is not what I've been complaining about a couple episodes ago, but it's, it's not super dynamic from a storytelling point of view. So you get that reinforced to you by the art. It's just, it's, it feels like a TV show and I'm not saying that they're aping. They're not, you know, they're not aping a TV show, but it just feels very deliberate. Um, there's a lot of great progressions. I liked the progression on page uh, 19 where the, where, Ditko's getting older as he as he obsesses over the tape. Um, that's a that's a great sequence. Was Ditko it, at that seance? Not according to, to what I read about that interview with Tom okay. King. It was on Word Balloon, but um, uh, I mean I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. But be, that's a that would be amazing. <laughs> but I like that this is this is Tom King taking Watchmen, taking a bit of comic book lore, real world comic book lore, and taking sort of you know, the paranoia we live in now and just sort of melding it all together into this story. It's, that's really compelling. I have no idea it, where it's going, and I love that. 
Yeah, and and I think that I think this is a case of our trust being rewarded mm-hmm. to a certain extent because it all the weird shit at the beginning really is coming together, and I don't know where it's going. I don't know what it means, but I don't feel like I'm lost. No, which uh, is not an accident that I also refer to the show. Uh, which is the one that makes me feel like that, and I'm still angry about. Um, they're really good, and also like he, he you know, he, the show, the TV show is involved with this, and you know, as a as a Watchmen comic book purist, I have no problem including that show, you know, in in the in this story and the sort of feelings that are in there. I'd yeah. like to get back to what you said a minute ago. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm reading the rereading the page uh, 18 on a digital reader. It is it is very much like your current conspiracy theories because we know the truth, the readers, because we right. read we we read the original story, but the people don't in this world don't know the truth, so they have to come up with a reason why the invasion happened and the reason why Doctor Manhattan didn't stop it. So we know the truth, but they don't. So they've concocted an entire you said it Q Q like conspiracy yeah. theory. It's not that exactly um, about why this happened. Because they have to make make sense in their own brain as to why their superpowered protector didn't save them. So did now, um, now that's it, really interesting. At the end of Watchmen, Rorschach's journal, which apparently has the whole story in it, mm-hmm. goes to the American statesman, the New Frontiersman, something something like that. Yeah. Uh, it goes to their you know like their it's too far away to grab. Yeah, their 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 uh, conspiracy newspaper. Yeah. And it ends up on the the stack of sort of mail. Right. And we don't really know what happens after that. But was Rorschach's journal referred to in the TV show? I don't think so. I don't know if it got out. And so that would really explain, like, if nobody knows and there would be nobody to talk about it, like, everyone's dead other than Lori, but she wasn't there at the end. No, Lori and Night Owl are alive. Yeah. Um. Ozymandias is live in Manhattan live. The only one's dead is Rorschach. Okay. So the story would exist. It's interesting. I mean, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anybody would believe it. And obviously we've seen how sure. information or the lack thereof can mutate into something that may as well be real for people. But, and it doesn't so. mean this is a widespread belief. It's just, it's a belief of these guys who listen to this tape. Right. They believe that they believe this theory. They I, believe that Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan is talking to them through this through this real to real tape. But I think the idea that the idea that the squids were an alien invasion, which is what Osmandius wanted it to seem like, yep. uh, people believe that is a thing that yes. happened. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Right. So, like, they don't know again. they don't know that those were just squid, and right. they got teleported and dropped, and you know, so that's not a known thing. But there are no, people no. who know that. Uh, not really. Well, unless they found, yeah. Anyway, I guess Rorschach's journal wouldn't be updated at that point because when he found out, he got killed right after. Or I guess maybe right. he figured it out. I don't know. Do the it. point is, I like that there's this group of comic creators who have decided the only reason it makes sense is if Dr. Manhattan, you know, failed and he's sending us messages now. And, and so this is all wrapped up in a lot of things that are going on now I, in the world. I but also... Without, without on the nose. A lot of times, well, a lot of times when people include... Uh, comic book real people in stuff, it's really um, sort of self-congratulatory and sort of silly. And it's fun. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know if everybody's going to enjoy this as much as you and I because, like, we know these these people. We know this, We know comic book people. Like, it's interesting. But I think, think in this context, because Watchmen is such a self-referential thing, mm-hmm. it's not, it is not a story that exists on its own. 
I mean, it can, you can read it that way, but it is built on comic book history. Like knowing that it's a comic book matters a lot to it. So having these people come in and be characters in this, I think is completely valid. You know, that's how Frank Miller is sort of tangentially related to it because he's part of that movement. The Steve Ditko character is, is related to it because Rorschach is based on his character. You know, it's the question. So that's how he's related to it. Like, and I'm sure auto auto binder whose name I know, but that's about it. Like I was like, that's a real person. I looked him up and it is, I I think it all works. I think it's that it's the right kind of postmodernism for your big word. Anyway, it was, it was, it was, it was great. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I loved it. But afterwards I was like, wow, something happened, you know, (laughs) and it was, it was cool. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, so we're doing this. All right, let's do it. So we talked about Infinite Frontier and DC's new paradigm, which is basically anything goes in in your story. And so I think even though there's no Infinite Frontier branding on the cover, Batman the Detective number one, the new miniseries from Tom Taylor, Andy Kubert, Brad Anderson, and Clem Robbins, is a very clear expression of that. Because here we have basically a future tale of Batman, old man, Batman. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if continuity is not as important, supposedly, and you can, you have the freedom to tell what you want, then Tom Taylor telling the story of, you know, older, beefier, I'm not going to say dark Knight because he's not that old yet, but he's, he's a little you know. bit, uh, um, Ben Affleck Batman here. Yeah. Then sure. Go for it. I mean, in the old days, this just would have had an Elseworlds stamp on the front. That that was really um, my, my main thought when I, I finished it. I thought, there's, then there's another one. There's another book that we're going to talk about later, too, that just should have had something like that. Um, right. I was like, oh, it's, it's just, it's an Elseworlds story, which I'm, I'm so used to now in D.C. that I don't even think about it that way because they do it all the time. What, 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 I, thought, I thought this is going to be the one, if anything, that Connor's going to get mad at me. No, no, I, I thought this was really good, but yeah. like this week was a... I don't know what I would have done. This was a yeah. embarrassment of riches this week. I thought this was pretty good, but I wasn't blown away by it. Mm-hmm. I guess fair. And I saw, I think I saw people on the Discord be like, wow, that's the best Batman I've read in a really long time. You know, I can see that and I can see why it's exciting. There was absolutely nothing objectionable in it. And it was a good story and a good plot, but I, there wasn't there wasn't that one little bit that sort of put it over the top for me. I did think that mm-hmm. Andy Kubert art was fantastic. I thought it was some of the best stuff he's done in a while. Yeah, really, very much so. It took me a while to, and there's a couple of wonky things, but it took me a while to sort of get used to the beefier Batman. Like he's he's like a bruiser. I like that. I like that, especially if we're, he's getting into sort of, you know, late middle age or something like yeah. that, because he's got a, he's not going to be as lithe. He's not going to be as, you know, as you and I know, uh, packing on muscles, probably one of the best ways to protect yourself because everything else is failing. So right. that's a thing that he can do. And I, I like that as a look too. I don't know that he necessarily had to wear the detective outfit or whatever that is, the coat, but well, he's, he's in a, he's in another world. So he's, and the story opens, and uh, there's an attack. So Knight and Squire, let's go back to them. They nice. were, they were the characters. I don't know if they, I don't remember if they originated there or not. They may probably, they may not have. The the, the Paul Cornell miniseries from a few years ago they, that we really they liked. Didn't, they didn't originate there. He, he right. took them, but so Knight and Squire. They, that's the last time I remember reading about them. They were they're sort of British Batman and Robin. They were in Grant Morrison used them. That's right. Batman that's right. Run. And so here. The woman Beryl, who was Squire, is now Knight because we're in right. the future. 
and she has a new squire. And Beryl, aka Knight, is attacked on a plane by a bunch of people wearing white Batman outfits or masks. And um, that brings Bruce to who, you know, it's older. Alfred's dead, which we, we he's dead everywhere. You know, the family's gone. Uh, he's he's not he's decided he hasn't done any good in Gotham, so he basically shuts down the manor and he goes to England to investigate this attack. And you know, he's got his he's got his luggage. He's 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 moving to England. <laughs> and, I'm coming to London, Doug. And so he he's got a new outfit. It's you know, it's got he's got high boots. He's got a like a leather jacket cape instead of a cape. I think it looks cool. It does. Um, and then he teams up with the new squire to figure out what's going on. It involves gentleman ghost. He's got special gloves. Let's punch the ghost, which I thought was fun. And so we don't really know what's going on here other than there's people in England who are dressing up as white Batman and they're out to, Oh, they're out to kill everyone that he has saved. That's the big reveal. Yeah. The, I mean, for, through some, for in through some comic book logic that we're not going to worry yep. about, they arranged yep. for everybody on that plane to have been somebody that he was live. He saved. The point is that Batman is going back to, he goes, I didn't make a difference overall, but I know that I made a difference to those individuals. And that's sort of yep. what he's clinging to. And now somebody's trying to take that away from him. Yeah. I think it's a good story. It's a great idea. And it's I, a good pitch. I think, I think it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I think it, it was not what it was not all what I expected when they announced a Batman miniseries from Tom Taylor. But I but I was like, all right, let's go for it. Well, you know, let's the, tell this elsewhere story. The good bits about it, I think, was I think it actually really reminded me of a Grant Morrison type of story, yeah. where uh, you know, Gentleman Ghost is a very silly character. It's a very you know, and the way that he beats him up, it's just that it, it was done very straightforward. It was more clear than a Grant Morrison story, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. So it's a little a little more accessible, I think. Um, I really liked the stuff between Batman and um, Beryl, you know, in the hospital, the way that they talk to each other, that relationship there. He softened a little, you know, and and she's like, did you impress her? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, come on. And he goes, I punched a ghost. And he's got a little smirk. You know, it's just like a little more comfort, a little more, less of that sort of dark, grim, horrible, you know, character because he's around. This is like all he's, this is like extended family. uh, That's all he's got left. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was it was really good, and again, I, I, at some point, uh, maybe I looked in the beginning, but I was reading through it, and I just went, "God, who's drawing this? This is great!" And I was like, "Oh, Andy Kubert, rad!" Like, you know? Yeah, I was really impressed because you know, I, I it's, it's funny how comic book brains work. I still think of Andy Kubert as young guy on the scene. Oh wow, really? No, <laughs> yeah, it's just because I, you know, his dad's his dad Joe, you know. Sure, but these guys are now you know, in well into middle age and their drawing skills can fall off. It just happens. And are they change? And, uh, but some of it is, is really, really less or terrific. Andy Kubert. I, I mean, like I really, I really like what happens with guys, especially, um, who have sort of a slightly cartoonier style is that they really tend to focus on efficiency. Darwin cook did this, you know, yeah. uh, and it becomes more about, tone and mood and not having to do everything and i don't like adam kubert's work so i never know which one's which until i look at it but like andy kubert i really like his work it was fun it was definitely fun i i also really like the scumbag number seven this was very nearly the pick it was like it was a toss-up between this uh and carmen uh for a bunch of reasons uh why don't you say why because i've talked so much um 
all of these books, we said it before, is are Rick Remender working out whatever he's annoyed with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, and or his, his um, fatherhood uh, anxieties. But this is less about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more about... Um, what the fuck this, is going on in the world? <laughs> right. I was going to say, I was trying to figure out a way to say this, but Rick is a super, you know, liberal guy, but this is him sort of poking fun at, at the ultra progressive side of things and the hippies who want to uh, force everyone to act good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this main character, the scumbag guy is awful, but he's just funny enough that you kind of don't care. I really thought that, I think at first there are a lot of questions like, well, how does this work out with the dude if he has to be good, but he's the worst person or whatever. And it's almost, and he's really starting to work out the thing where basically like one of the, one of the bad guys who are, you know, the, the far left people and then the other bad guys are the far right people. So it's not, right. it's a little of everything uh, that feeds on your guilt. You know, and and so they go after him, and they're like, yes. "You have no guilt," you know, <laughs> and, and what? Yeah, and that's really uh, funny, you know, uh, you know, and it's not like like Remender is a guy who doesn't talk about his insecurities or put them up there, and so like this weird fucking character becomes this sort of amazing cipher, and I think that he's honing in on the best ways to use him. I think this book is better now than it was at the beginning, as we sort of figured it out. Um, it was, I thought, it was a really great bunch of comments on you know what's kind of happening in culture well the um, beginning is all about we see the villains who um you know they're they're, they're the far right guys they mm-hmm. dress like proud boys and uh but then it's just revealed they're the puppets of you know the billionaire class which is well, we're not supposedly supposed supposedly they're not they're not uh supposed to be down with but the guy's like well they pay the best so who gives a shit yeah so that and that's kind of a you know that's a, that's very very on the nose. I like that their plan was, I forgot about this. Their plan is to use this, this magic gobbledygook machine. Doesn't really matter to merge the present with the fifties because that was the last <laughs> great time. in America. Like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Whatever this, this, this machine that the hippie group has, uh, will allow them to do that. They're going to, they're, yeah. they're going to merge right now with the last era where America was truly great. And we see images of Bobby Soxers and we see Elvis and we see fifties cars and sure, go for it. But and then, then the, the other the, side, the, the, yeah, hippie, right. the hippies, they want everyone to act right. So they're going to force it. And then the scumbag's like, well, that's just fascism, <laughs> <laughs> which is slightly more, um, enlightened than I think he'd be, but it didn't matter because it worked for feels the like there's another word for that that rhymes with lashist. And I, that took me a second. I had to say it out loud. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And I did think, I thought, I don't think he's going to use that word. But whatever. Um, my favorite bit was uh, there's the one guy, and I think he might have a top knot. Uh, and he goes after them. Yeah, he does have a top knot. And he starts yelling, like, really basic uh, liberal uh, statements. I got my dogs from a shelter. Donald yeah. Trump is bad. I'm against misogyny. <laughs> and 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 the lady, the lady robot, the sexy lady robot's like, your power appears to be screaming opinions that any decent person already agrees with. And I was like, you nailed it, Rick. That's the thing. <laughs> my 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 favorite re- recurring joke throughout this series has been that uh, he just wants to join an orgy. He, <laughs> he, he can't. Just, he keeps stumbling on them. Every all, all of these groups seem to be having them. And he immediately and, takes his pants off. Yeah, but, <laughs> all right, I'm here. 
<laughs> they just won't let him get in the on the orgy, and uh, that's a, f- a funny recurring joke. I, I this you know this book's really good. Yeah, this was this was definitely nearly pick of the week. This was the other sort of toss up with it. The only the only and I was surprised about that. The only downside to this book I can find is that is there have been a lot of artists, and normally his books have a very consistent look and feel to them. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. he does this. He's doing this with his own like little all star gallery, like that. All the, people all, that all the art's with. been terrific. It's just that, and it's also been yeah. consistent enough, so I know who the characters are from book to book. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying the art's bad. I just, you know, I'm used to his books having like the same look and feel throughout the whole thing for the most part. And I this think, one is like had like three or four artists. In it. I think the first change that happened, I was like, oh, what are you doing? And then I don't, I actually don't know what book this guy did with Rick, if any. But this artist is great. Yeah, really, really, really good, Francesco Mobili. Uh, Mobili, yeah, he he, you know, there's a lot of um, it's like it's like a lot of different artists combined into one with a, a ton of energy. He has that same kind of energy that um, Matteo Scalero had, I think. Yeah. Um, in in the drawings, really beautiful book, very exciting storytelling too. And now, a word from our sponsor, from us. The latest expansion for DC Universe Online, World of Flashpoint, is out now. Unlike previous expansions, World of Flashpoint is free to everyone permanently. In this expansion, the Flash's time travel accidentally created an altered timeline where everything and everyone is different. Thomas Wayne, Batman's father, is Batman. Cyborg is the quintessential superhero. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are at war. So it's up to you to fix the timeline. Travel across a diverse set of Flashpoint-inspired locations like the new open-world area of Flashpoint and Gotham City, new areas of Atlantis and Themyscira, and even Nightmare Central City. Earn new rewards, including a normal and enhanced version of the Pyromaniac, a heatwave-inspired gear suit, as well as the ultimate... A Doomsday-inspired gear suit. Ready to play? Download DC Universe Online for free on PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Create your unique superhero or supervillain with special powers and a look all your own and start playing today. What is DCUO? In DC Universe Online, you create your own unique superhero or supervillain in the legendary DC Universe. Fight alongside hundreds of iconic DC characters like Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, as well as thousands of other players. Level up your powers, master movement modes like flight, learn powerful attacks, and swoop into skillful action combat using a variety of weapons, gadgets, and artifacts. Drawing on comic book storylines from the entire history of DC, your adventures are vast, varied, and always growing. World of Flashpoint is their 40th episode with no end in sight. Inspired by the events of DC's Flashpoint storyline, the next expansion for DC Universe Online is episode 40, World of Flashpoint, released on April 15th and is free for all players on PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Thanks to DC Universe Online for sponsoring this episode. I'ma go play. Superman number 30, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Scott Godlewski. I really like this. I'm trying to remember what happened in it. Oh, right. The, right, 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 right. the alien planet. Yes. Uh, and it's sort of him and his son. And he's at the beginning there. He's having a perfect day with they're playing mini golf with them. And, and they go fly off. And there's just sort of, and it's basically a mystery. Like, like they're working mm-hmm. out something isn't right here about what's going on. And, you know, none of this should work according to what I want out of Superman, this father and son thing. But it's been a really interesting relationship. Uh, you know, this is a good old fashioned space mystery. There's, you know, a lot of gosh in here. I like the idea that, you know, when Superman saves a day on some alien planet, maybe, maybe that doesn't, he's not really saving the day. Right. Not that he's failed. Not, I'm not saying I like that he's failed. It's that, you know, he leaves because it's not his planet and things progress 
Maybe not in the best way. Well, the other thing is that I think... Oh, oh we have to clean up... A, he's got to clean up a mess that, that started, you know, however many years ago. You tell me, this feels like a very Star Trek thing where the people there have a different take on mm-hmm. language and morality or whatever. So, like, the things that we're used to as normal isn't necessarily what they mean, and you have to be really careful when dealing with them, which is any, you know, sort of culture that's different. But this is yep. alien, so it's even further right. out. And yes. so what you think is happening isn't exactly happening because they're looking at it from a completely different perspective. And I think that is a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, sci-fi device. Just good sort of old-fashioned Roddenberry and sci-fi. Um, yes. And I just, I just, I think uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has a great Superman voice. I yes. Just, it just really, you know, it, it's human, but he's Superman. He's doing the thing. Uh, I, I don't really remember. I know that I didn't like the Bibbo story at the end of the other one, but right. this ambush bug story, which I didn't love, but it was very silly and it was beautifully drawn uh, by Sammy Basri. Yes. Really. Well, we only had one shot of Bibbo, so we didn't get a chance to really malign his character yeah, this time. That's right. But I'm fine with uh, it. Ambushbug is what Ambushbug, you know, it's silly. I mostly just like looking at the art. I, I think the art was gorgeous. Yeah. It was Sami Basri, and also I want to call out uh, the colors from uh, Ulysses Areola. That can't be the way you pronounce that. Um, I didn't, I didn't write that in the script. That's my fault. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. It does, it does look like Areola. I'll give you that. It, it, I thought that was it looked really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I was hoping we'd find out why. Sweet Tooth, The Return, number six, was the final issue from Jeff Lemire, The Return to Sweet Tooth, on Black Label. And I figured, well, by the end of this, surely we'll figure out why this happened. And I don't know why this happened. It's basically exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It was like, it was good. I wasn't lost by the end. And I mean, by mean by good, I mean, this felt like it was Sweet Tooth. But ultimately, like, I don't, I don't know what the point of it was. And I don't know why they did it. Because it no, wasn't. We have all the respect in the world for Jeff Lemire. And sure. all the respect in the world for the original Sweet Tooth, which we all read and really loved. But I feel like if you're going to return to your seminal, and I mean, I mean seminal, Jeff Lemire has done a ton of seminal yeah. indie work. But this was like his seminal Vertigo series. Yeah. And if you're going to return, I feel like you got to have something to say. And I don't know what he was saying here that made the return worth it. I mean, like, there's sort of a thing about, you know, the cult is their leadership and they're trying to tell them one thing so they can retain power. And it might not be true, but, eh. You know, and, and but I, I felt like it wasn't bad. I wasn't like, that was garbage. But at the end, I was like, that's that's what it was. And I thought it was important to comment on that. Uh mm-hmm just because I'd read through it. And it was, it was weird that it came back. And so I read through it with, with a lot of, um, you know, like I was like, well, I should be reading this. I really enjoyed the other thing. And it, it just didn't really pay off. Right. It was weird. Did you read Home number one from Image I was Comics? going to, then I saw, so I read the, you know, the, the summary on Image and it was like, you know, a story about the migrant crisis. I was like, well, that could be interesting. And then I got to the end of the summary and it was like, and then there's superpowers. And I was like, nope. So. I don't, I don't need to to uh, inject superpowers or supernatural situation into what's going on in the border right now. So all I did was look at the front and sort of like flip through the first couple of pages. And, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I get to the very end and there's a superhero thing. And I was like, oh, you didn't need to do that because I really, what I was, I was really excited because 90% of this book is just a mother and a boy. Uh, uh, they come to America from Guatemala. They don't know what's happened. The changes in the U S between it. Um, this is a left-leaning book, by the way, mm-hmm. if you want to call this left. But, uh, you know, like, it's fully the perspective of what they did to immigrants coming to the border and separating the kids is is absolutely 
wrong and evil. Um, it's actually a little arch with some of the characters, and I thought, God, is it that bad? But actually, I've read enough to know that it, it pretty much was this bad in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And yeah, you didn't need the turn. Uh, basically, the kid flames on. I mean, that's right. that's what it is, you know? And it was totally compelling enough on its own to tell that story. I get it, it's comic books or whatever, but I was kind of like, uh-huh. but But everything, you know, it was good. Like, the, the sort of story... And the cartooning, you know, I, I I think it was worth reading, but I don't think that other thing was necessary, just like you. Spider-Man, Spider's Shadow number one, Chip Zdarsky, Pasquale Ferry, Matt Hollingsworth, Joe Kermania. I am annoyed. Yep. I like this, but I'm annoyed. Um, there's a what-if stamp on it, like it's an Elseworlds book. And oh, I didn't even see that. My complaint was going to be that it should just be a what-if book, which I guess is up there. It's on the cover. It's corn, um, tiny. So what if's one of my favorite Marvel things of all time. I loved what if comics as a kid. You know, the whole idea of what if was it was like a one shot book that explored what would happen if something something different happened in the Marvel universe. Like for instance, Peter Parker saved Ben, or uh, Captain America never came out of the ice, or you know things like that. Like what? Well, and then it would it would be a morality tale. We'd find out that the true path in Marvel was the better path because everything went to shit the other way. The tw- it's, that's the, how, it's the Twilight Zone in comics. Yeah, yeah. it was great. So, first of all, I think there's a big disservice, as you've discovered, not putting what if in the title. Because I didn't really realize. I thought it was another – because Chip Zdarsky did that Spider-Man through the ages book. I thought this was similar. And so then you have to look and see this. there's a little what if stamp in the corner. I I didn't even see that until just now when you said it. And it's not even like – like they couldn't minimize it more if they wanted to. In fact, it looks like a fucking cue. Anyway. um. It's so that I think that's a problem. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have a problem that it's, it's a full mini series, what if no. story, but I think you gotta you gotta use your branding and just go, what if Spider Man, what if Peter Parker became Venom, which is basically what this story is. I think in general it's an awful cover. It's, I think it's yeah. a bad cover. It, the the illustration Phil that Phil Noto did is great, and it totally fits with what's in the story, but it doesn't. It this doesn't tell me what this is at all. And I think the title's bad. I think the design of the title's bad. It's right in the middle of the thing. Nothing wrong with the illustration. I just, yeah. it's got a different, it's got this really weird, it's red and black as the shadowy mood thing that I just, like a shadowy is exactly what they wanted, but it just doesn't feel like what was inside. Because then you flip it and you've got this Pasquale Fairy art. I really enjoyed reading it. I thought, I thought the inside was great. I just think it was mislabeled, basically. It's not going to attract the kind of people who want to read the story that's yeah, I don't it's know. hard to find. I don't know why you run from the branding or uh, I just don't understand. Like maybe I guess they have data, maybe what, you know, cause they tried what if a while ago, but I think I would argue that they did, a, they did a bad job when they tried what if a while ago, they didn't understand mm-hmm. the core concept. It was, uh, what if always works better when it was just, you, know, you were examining something from the past as opposed to like that lesson. They did what if, or at least I remember doing what if was like, what if the comic that came out last week was different? It's like, well, that's not, Right, yeah, no, it wasn't about the real pivotal turning points. What if Spider- yeah. So the ones that are in here, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? What if Doom became the Sorcerer Supreme? What if Spider-Man's right. uncle had lived? But that what if has to be pretty prominent. Like, you really got to work for it on this. And yeah, so I think that's a big mistake. If you, maybe, if you didn't know, you had no idea. And, and even in the, the logo, what if is real tiny in it? Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, who, who are we trying to kid here? You know, like, you're going to fool people into reading this? Like, you're going to find more people 
who want to read a what if book, then you are going to be like yet another Spider-Man miniseries. It's indistinguishable. I, I don't know. I, I bought it based on the creator. And, you know, like I got it because I was like, oh, it's Chip Zdarsky doing this. And then I figured out what it was. It is really clear at the beginning um, when you sort of flip the page. But I, I love this era of Spider-Man. Yeah, and, it's great. Uh, the only the only criticism I'll give the book itself is if you're going to be in the era, you got to give Mary Jane the crazy curls. Yeah, you do. I mean, she's got the straight, you know, hair here, but in that time, she had like the crazy McFarlane curls. Yeah, it was huge. That's what models look like then. All right. <laughs> Lock and key, the Sandman, the Helen Gone number one. This is the first issue uh, of the actual miniseries. We had that prelude uh, special a while back that included some reprints, but this is the actual first issue. And I really liked it. Uh, Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez, the usual team behind Lock and Key. And uh, the la- in, in the events of the last issue, and then we also have the events of, this ties into the Lock and Key miniseries that just came out, the uh, the World War One miniseries. Uh, so the, that, that family is the main protagonist. The son has d- had died in that story. And we flash forward here. Uh, the, the younger sister is now older, and she has, and the father is you know near death, and there, she has traveled to England to... Uh, try to use magic to find a way to get to rescue her brother from hell because that's where he is since the the last miniseries and he she that's how she gets involved and stumbling upon uh, the dreaming world and uh, Daniel and uh, the house of mystery and Cain and Abel and all those characters from the Sandman world so it's very you know it's the first issue we, we sort of get you know in, in, into the story and the characters it's it's terrific like all the Lock and Key books are and. And actually works with these characters, so it was. It was. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought. I think Sandman fans would, would like it, but then again, I don't know. They're very touchy. Are they? I don't know that you have enough information to, to base that on. I, <laughs> I think it's I a thing like you could meet some who are for the sure. The place we used to get when we make Sandman jokes. That's all I'm basing it on. Well, yeah, but I mean, like everybody read Sandman, just yeah. some of the Sandman fans. It's like one of those those. Uh, you know, necessary texts. People of a certain age have read that book who read comics, I guess. We want to thank Mac Weldon for sponsoring the show. Everybody's thinking about spring right now. It's coming. You're going to need to be going back to outdoor activities and workout routines. Or Although it just, is snowing right now. It is. It's snowing heavily here. We've had, yeah, that's, that's, that's a thing. But the thing about Mac Weldon and, and doing things outside or, or wherever is layering. And they've got stuff you can layer. Just try. I have some of it. It's it's good stuff for that. Um, but there are spring essentials because you know it will come. I'm not happy about spring, by the way. I love my jacket and I want to wear boots and jackets all year. I'm sure. fine with that. Anyway, body mapping technology, fabric mesh zones, Mac Weldon stealth boxer briefs deliver enhanced breathability and support, and they f- they feel quite smooth. Perfect for everyday wear to be layered under under workout gear. I've I've used it in both of those instances. Uh, for sweatpants, you can wear outside without feeling like you're wearing sweatpants. You want to check out. The Ace Line again. I can confirm that. I have been. Uh, I've been. I've been out. I've been doing yard work. I've been. Uh, I've been walking the dog. I mean, you know, we're we're out now. We're doing things. Uh, I've worn. I've you know, and I wore the stealth the stealth boxers uh, while skiing. But that's over now. But still, it was spring skiing, so that counts. Um, <laughs> it looks great. It feels great. Uh, from working out to going out for just literally wearing around the house where we've been forever. Uh, it's Macwell is great for everyday life. There's a wide range of customized fabrics. It's it's interesting. Like you, you've got the stealth one. You've got the the. 18 hour you've got uh the air knit all that different stuff depending on what you're doing it's really specialized and god knows i love specialized items for activities i'm such a big fan of that then there's weldon blue which is a totally free loyalty program level one gets you free shipping for life once you reach level two which is by spending a cumulative 200 dollars, you will get 20 percent off every order for the next year 
That's baller. Uh, the guarantee is that they want you to be comfortable. If you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. 20% off your first order. If you haven't, I can't imagine listening to this to you and haven't thought, oh man, I should take out. But if you haven't, 20% off your first order. MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter promo code iFanboy. MacWeldon is reinventing men's basic. And I, for one, am glad for it. So those were the books earlier we wanted to talk about. But the patron pick is voted on by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. They get to add a book to the rundown. This week was almost decided before it was ever actually voted on. I the saw it. it I, I saw Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. I can't say it. Dark Hawk, Dark Heart Hawk. of the Hawk. And I thought, there's your patron pick. Like 8 a.m. Monday. Or it was Wednesday. They wouldn't even allow, allow the betting at the at the patron betting no. in the Vegas casinos. It was already it was they shut it down. Darkhawk Heart of the Hawk number one, featuring three stories of Darkhawk uh, for his thirtieth anniversary, uh, which by the way I don't like to think about. Uh, so this is uh, a lot of fun. So our old co-host Ron gets a lot of uh, notoriety for being the Darkhawk guy because when Darkhawk came out, he bought twenty five copies of the first issue, um, but. The, the you you weren't reading comics 30 years ago right not at this point that was in my my hiatus area i really just missed the image boom right so everyone was all about dark hawk of our age which was i think 30 years ago makes it about three years old um we everyone who i was reading comics with was all about dark hawk we were obsessed i remember i have one of those distinct uh, you know, sense memories of reading that first issue of Dark Hawk. We we were obsessed with Dark Hawk. We were obsessed with the New Warriors. You know, there was this feeling that we had all these new characters that were going to be ours, hmm. and uh, that didn't really last ultimately. But so, Ron may have bought twenty five copies of the first issue, but everyone reading comics then was was at least in my circle of friends was huge Dark Hawk fans. I was a huge Dark Hawk fan. Yeah, I missed it. So when you guys were talking about it, I just lumped that in with like other stuff from that time that came, mm-hmm. and everyone was like. Ah! And then it went away. But I can say that Ron at one point sent me the Dark Hawk trade, mm-hmm. uh, can, like well, I guess the first mini series. I want to say it was six or seven issues, and I read it. So this wasn't great. I wasn't going in not knowing anything. So I, my I, last point will be that there was an attempt, and I guess it's been an attempt throughout the ages to create the new Spider-Man, right? So Novo, I think, was that attempt in the seventies, mm-hmm. and Dark Hawk was that attempt in the nineties to create the new young character for the kids mm-hmm. you know that the kids will relate to they're all from long island or queens everyone you know, <laughs> peter was from queens nova was from long island doc hawk's from queens so they're all you know it's literally they're all trying to just replicate spider-man and it never really sticks but um here we have three stories the first one from danny fingeroth and mike manley the original creative team on the on the book um was my favorite mostly mm-hmm. because i didn't you know we'll get to the other ones in a second but you know, very much in the first year of of the Darkhawk stories, he I, I vaguely remember these people. Like I don't I mean it's been a long time. His dad was <laughs> a cop. Sense. They thought he yeah. died as a hero. Uh, but it turns out that he was uh he was getting paid by the local mob bosses and yeah. then uh, what's his name? Darkhawk. Uh, saw something, and so then the mob boss went after him. But then the mob boss also has a pretty daughter, right. uh, and an alien uh, comes down, and he gets a suit and a story. Oh, he's got right, a mom so and a, bro- a little brother, and so he's always late because he's he's Spider Man. My favorite bit of this first story was so he Darkhawk goes on a date with the mob boss's daughter uh, because her date was an asshole. 
And so she just grabs this random dude and takes him on a date to Lincoln Center. And that's where this other guy attacks Savage Steel, who turns out is his father. And um, my favorite bit is that the, the mob guys show up and one of them has a bazooka. And <laughs> there's another mob guy who is loading the bazooka for him. It was like it was Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. It was like really complicated. That's a very spe- specific thing to like the most. He, like this but yeah, you're guy, right. Like, he's got a satchel with extra ammo. Yep. <laughs> He, he puts the he puts the next propellant in the in the bazooka. Taps the guy in the head. You know what I think like, is is nice is that those guys like they've done this. They're right. practiced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just That's very funny. I, I didn't see that. The other guy's gonna load it for him, and the other guy's got like a, a Thompson submachine gun. It's like these guys are right out of Band of Brothers. Well, given um, the I don't know when this takes place, but nope, no, they they wouldn't be that old. So. That was I thought it was fun. It, it was, it was a, it, I thought it was a fun throwback. It, mm-hmm. it was nice. I, I I remember even going to New York Comic Con in the '90s and getting Mike Manley to sign my copy of Darkhawk Number One, which is now you know gone. But mm-hmm. that's we, we were huge Darkhawk fans. Then the second story was tied into the Abnett and Lanning cosmic stuff. So it was written by Dan Abnett, drawn by Andrea Devito, De and I didn't read any of that. So I, I was less invested in this. I may have read a little. I mean, like, I recognize the tone and the era that we're going down. Uh, the, the, see, what's funny is that I didn't read any of that stuff then. And then when Dark Hawk first, I can't say the <laughs> I word. You apparently. can't say it. Dark I, don't, I don't know why. Um, my diction has really become a problem. Uh, when he came back at some point and I just, they had said, oh, this is Dark Hawk. Uh, he was like in an AA meeting or something. Like he was, mm-hmm. he's fucked up. He's not okay. He's yeah. been through some shit, you know, he's the, you know, <laughs> it was like he was a nom and, uh, you know, those are the only two versions of the characters and I have never really seen anything in the middle, you know, like it's funny cause he was supposed to be like, Hey, let's appeal to the kids. And then 25 years later, we're like, let's appeal to the disillusioned adults. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the character is. He's a cipher. Um, and it was, it was all fine. He went to some, you know, star Wars bar and he fought the brood and, it was I like it was enjoyable. I just sure. didn't read this era of those books. And then the last story, I assume, which takes place quote unquote now, written by Kyle Higgins, who uh is does doing Rat, a Dark Hawk book. Radiant, <laughs> Radiant Black is doing a Dark Hawk book, drawn by Juan is that a typo? Juanon? No, it is not a typo. Juanon Juan uh, Mirares. Uh takes place now and I assume we'll be tying into the uh inevitable Dark Hawk series that's coming. Because mm-hmm. it's coming this later, Darkhawk stories again. So do you end, think so. Kyle Higgins is going to write a Darkhawk series and then a faux Darkhawk series? Apparently, he is. Wow, that's a good that's good work if you can get it. So Darkhawk here is very disillusioned. And by he's like, words. "Here's what I want to do in the book," and they're like, "No." He goes, "It's cool. I got it." <laughs> or or it goes the other way. Like these stories are kind of boring. Yeah, really? Huh? I don't know what I'm doing with the good ideas. <laughs> Sideways look. So he sends himself into some sort of dark uh, black hole and sends his his magic crystal away. I don't know. I I, I like this one the least, but that's just because I, I literally have no recollection of it. I mean, I read it like yesterday. Yeah, I don't. I, nothing. <laughs> it did not stick. He flashes back to the two previous stories in this issue, and then he sort of it's sort of like he's, he's sort of like committing suicide, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of everything changes. So one dark hawk, one decision. What I liked this as a book, Dark Hawk Heart of the Hawk number one, as a tribute to this character who was a big deal for like fifteen minutes in the nineties. 
um, on his 30th anniversary that they're going to try to bring back because that's what has to happen inevitably. So I'm going to rate this book out of five, a three and a half, because I enjoyed it, even if it was, you know, didn't all touch me in the ways it, it could have. It, it was, uh, it, I had fun reading it. I'm going to go with two and a half. I really only thought it was kind of fun to read the first bit because it was throwbacky, but being done now and it was done by the same people. And I'm always interested in that kind of thing. And so that kind of comic book was kind of, it was fun to sort the first of bit was the world. best bit. Um, but ultimately I don't care. I could have not read this and it would have been just fine, you know, but it wasn't bad. If you like this kind of thing, I think I'm going to, I'm going to rate it 3.55 and give it the extra, um, 0.05 for the bazooka. Okay. I will add that as well. Okay. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown, but if you give it the $5 higher level, we are so late. There were so many books. You get your superpower live on the show, like these four patrons. Didn't even put an email on the show today. Didn't bother. No. Scott Ricketts can decook foods. Like if, de-cook. He, Ooh. if he overcooks it, you can, he can walk it back. Can he walk it back totally uncooked? Theoretically, yes. Yeah, like we made too many, I can uncook this and put it in the freezer. I didn't even think of that, but yes. He can he can decook foods. Interesting. He can't he can't like pull the the ingredients apart again. Mm-hmm. Like so if you made too much sauce, mm. you know, that stuff's all still intermingled, it's just raw. If you go that far. But really, it, in terms of like, oh, we overcooked the such and such, he bring it back. You want this guy there at Thanksgiving. Right. This turkey's not going to be dry. Yep. But Scott, and, dial this back like 10%. Yeah, there you go. We should have taken this out 12 minutes ago. I got you, dog. This pasta <laughs> is a little squishy. It. Don't worry about it. I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. Patrick Foley is going to wish he had the power I thought of while I couldn't sleep the other night, but I can't remember what that was, so I'm sorry. Um, Patrick Foley never needs sunscreen. He just he he doesn't absorb the the UV rays, the radiation from the sun. Wow, he has he has SPF unlimited skin. Yes, and he doesn't tan either. But that's fine. He doesn't have to worry about cancer. Or or I mean, presumably he's also got incredibly smooth skin. Right, he like doesn't he looks. <laughs> yeah, he just looks great. Yeah, he just looks fantastic. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just I was having a fantasy there for a moment. <laughs> Lucas Muck. I don't know if I pronounced the E. Muka? Muki? Mucky? Lucas? Listen, Lucas is spelled differently, so it's, it's, it's not a name uh, in my native tongue is my guess. But Lucas uh, remembers every phone number he's ever seen. Oh. So once he's dialed, read, looked at, you know, saved a phone number, he knows it forever. What's the number to that uh, that sub shop over there? He knows it. Now does he have to make that sound while he accesses it? No, that was that was. I mean, know. it might be cool if he does. Yeah. Okay. Then yes, he also makes that sound when he's remembering. <laughs> he is a, is a clicky old computer sound, uh, and he's got that. Now this is this power is almost useless in today's world, where a no one calls and b you can just be like. Hey, Siri, call I, this person. <laughs> I, but I would actually argue the opposite because, like, no one knows any phone numbers now because you just tap yes. the name on your phone. So, like, if you're ever in a situation where, like, your phone's dead or something or you're, like, I don't know, arrested, uh-huh. 
and you need to make a phone call. Like, you're going to call your wife? I don't know. Her name is her name. I know her name. I know. I mean, I know her number. but like, I know three know. phone numbers. Right, exactly. I know I, I know my wife's phone number. I'm not counting mine. I know my wife's phone number. I know my mom's phone number. And I don't know why. I know Ron's phone number. <laughs> because he's had it for 20 years, and it's got a pattern to it that's easy to Yeah, remember. it's also got like, like three, three digits in it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know your phone number, but you also... Do you still have your New, I've had New like, York number? I've had like, I have a New York number, so, but I've had like four phone numbers. Yeah, I think that's why. Ron's had one the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Stuart Condy. Uh, let's see. What does Stuart Condy do? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out that I was prepared today, and I hope it showed. Good job. I, I, think, I think he did a really good job. Um <laughs> <laughs> Instead of thinking about something to fill this airtime, just tell me how I did. <laughs> Stuart Condy, what can you do, Stuart? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, oh, you know what Stuart can do? <laughs> Stuart, uh, he. So, do you ever have trouble sleeping, Josh? Yeah. Do you ever know anybody else who has ever like? Do you know people who have trouble sleeping? Yes, Stuart can help anyone have a good night's sleep. Oh wow! Yeah, he just being around him for the day—he's like a natural uh, sleep aid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just his aura. So if you hang out with Stuart for the day, everyone who hung out with him is just going to sleep real—you know—get full eight eight hours. Wow! Restful. Like the, with, with, with enough of aid. the deep sleep. Yeah, oh yeah, you get your full REM cycle. I, you don't wake up to go to the bathroom. Nothing. I listened to a mini audio documentary book on caffeine, which yeah. is about a the history of it, and how it works with the world and everything. But then going back and forth on the idea of of if it's harmful or not, because you'll always see a billion stories like actually coffee's good for you, or whatever. And the one person they talked to was like a sleep expert, and he's like, "No, it's fucking us up big time." You know. So like the thing is caffeine and screens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was interesting. So basically what I think happens to me is I don't have a problem going to sleep, but I wake up and then I'm up. Yeah. And I, I yeah, that. I same problem. Yes. But not if Stuart was hanging out all day. That's nice. Do you have to, does he have to like, no, no. With you? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, you'd get a really good night's sleep if he was in the bed with you, but it's right. just, if you spend the day in his, in his aura, you know, it's like, it's the aura is a natural sleep aid. There's a, it's a soporific. Yes. Stuart, Stuart the soporific. <laughs> Stuart Lucas, Patrick Scott, thanks for being patrons. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. You're the ones who keep the show going, and uh, we appreciate you all. Let's uh, bring let's it home. Let's do some plugs and get out of here. As yeah, okay, so time. real quick, uh, you guys know we did ads. You, you know about Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Uh, iFanboy.com slash support for a more uh, direct thing. Uh, there's iFanboy.threadless.com. But, and by the way, Ideas are coming, kids. Yes. We've got stuff going on there. Yes, uh, for shirts and, and, and sundries and, and items. And then finally, ifanboy.com slash Amazon, uh, where you'll find a link uh, to Amazon. And there's there's all the music that we do on the show is linked. All of the uh, uh, books explodes and the pick of the week is always linked there uh, as well, should you wish to purchase them like that. And this month, uh, this past month, we had the book explode for Avengers West Coast Division Quest. A lot of fun. A lot of fun doing lot that of fun. show. Check it out. It's on the feed back behind a couple of shows back, but it's there. You don't, you don't have to be well-versed in Avengers West Coast, to, I think, to enjoy it. Clint is we dead. Pa- Clint is dead. Patreon hangout, April 24th. That's Saturday, the usual time. 
4 o'clock for the happy hour, 6 o'clock Pacific for the main hangout. You don't have to watch all of it. You know, if you just want to come for the hangout, that's all. That's cool too. Come, 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 hang out with us for an hour. I don't. April twenty fourth, and uh, we'll be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it'll just have wrapped. We'll be talking about the Oscars, which is the next day. Doing our Oscar picks for our patron Oscar pool, and that'll be fun. And then uh, the following week or that week, we'll have the media explode because we normally record those right after the hangouts, which is why I'm a little drunk on those. Uh, so um, who knows what we'll be talking about then? I don't know. We haven't decided yet, but. Uh, that's all that's coming this month. And then Josh will have a, a talk slow this month. Nope, that's next month. Then next month. Next month. I was trying to give Josh extra work, but that didn't work. Yeah. Excellent. Head over to Fanboy.com. I tried to do that several times, by the way. You can find all of our shows that we've done over the years. A thousand sh- sh- more shows over at Fanboy.com. You can find them all there. Facebook.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can follow us at, at iFanboy on Twitter, at iFanboy Comics on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And individually, we are C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. And hey, there's our YouTube page, youtube.com slash iFanboy. That's where we've been uploading all of our old video shows as Unlocked by the Patrons. This past week, we had a mini uh, that was the new comic book preview from the week that Final Crisis number one came out. And then we had Marvel Knights show, a look back at Marvel Knights and how that's important still, that was. That's still industry. worth reading or watching, I'm sure. The Marvel Knights show? Yes. Yes. A uh, really good show about how Marvel Knights uh, came about, how it affected Marvel and the industry and how it changed everything. And then uh, we did a show about romance comics in honor of Valentine's Day. Oh. So no idea what we even talked about there, but there, you, can, you can check that out. That was a long time ago. If you like this show... Uh, write us a review. Leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're using. Spotify. I think Amazon has them now. All sorts of things like that. Uh, better yet, tell your friends about it. Tell your mom. Tell your tell your kid. No, don't do that. I mean, let's put an age limit on anyway. We're like 14, yeah. 15, something like that. Anything lower than that, we don't take responsibility for it. I figure if you're listening to this, though, you're probably not like, oh, no, they said a naughty word. Um <laughs> Tell your letter carrier about it, uh, in which cases either uh, you still want to stay about six feet away from those people. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my, my words. Uh, you can help us uh, spread the word about the show. That's how it happens. And thank you to everybody who does that still to this day after a thousand shows. That is really rad. Um, mm-hmm. That's your show. That's, that's a lot. That was a lot. There was a lot of books. We went long, but we had fun. And that's the most important thing. And we learned a lesson or two. I had a whole thing about how all the indie comics are either kaiju or apocalypse and i didn't get to it so wait for that (laughs) i'm josh i'm connor see you next week bye